Okay, so here we go. We we got uh, another edition of the Dave and Amber Show, and boy, this is a great guest for me because you know I don't know too many people this long and who still talk to me. So <laughs> we are gonna. That's doubtful. Yeah. So <laughs> we're gonna welcome Nadia Al Samri to the show. And Nadia, I won't age us, but you know, I just said we've known each other for thirty years. That's a long damn time. Right out of college. <laughs> I was going to say out of high school, but okay. Well, that's close to college. <laughs> so, listen, I might know you real well, but maybe our guests, our listeners don't. So, why don't you give them an insight into your, your diabetes journey? Because yours is as long as mine. Thanks for having me, Dave. So I got started in 1990. I opened up a medical supply store with my partner, who was my husband at the time, who has one, who has type 1 diabetes. And I come from four generations of type 2 diabetes. So when we started the medical supply store, it was something that we both were familiar with. It was something that we had lived with. And as we started the store and we started speaking to people, we found out that people were misinformed about diabetes. So we started a radio show, Diabetes on the Dial, and that aired on Tuesdays at noon. And some people couldn't listen to it. So they, they wrote us and said, hey, can you guys transcribe this? And I'd be happy to pay you for it. So we started a publication called Diabetes Interview because we transcribed the shows and then we sent it out to people that were interested in it. Fast forward years later, we changed the publication name from Diabetes Interview because we no longer had the radio show to Diabetes Health. And ever since we've been, I would say the thing that we're best known for is being patient advocates. I've always been a patient advocate for people living with type 2 diabetes because of my family. Scott was really kind of the first blogger if you will, back then, because he started writing about his diabetes in the magazine, about being a father, having kids, all the challenges, insurance challenges. We talked about, you know, when we tried to get health insurance for the company, you know, they never, of course, declined them, but they would come back and say, well, you know, if you could all just apply without Scott, then you guys can be covered for health insurance. So we started looking at the inequities of having diabetes, and we learned, quickly learned that people were categorized in the same category as cancer and, uh, and started writing about that. So our advocacy really kind of goes back three decades. Most of the work that we do is that we're interested in, in helping people create change in their lives. And also, most importantly, back then, diabetes was a lot more isolating than it is today. I mean, look at now. You have so many communities. You have so many people. You can talk to each other. It's not something that you're trying to hide or you're ashamed of. There's so many great things today in terms of managing your diabetes, including CGM, right? Which we didn't have years ago. Before that, um, 30 years ago, strips were really, really expensive. People, Some people couldn't afford to test blood sugar. Now you have test strips that are lower. So there are a lot of advances that have really helped people. And then well, I want to say something to that these, really quick too, just because like 10 years ago, eight years ago, test strips were really expensive. I mean, like it's, it's crazy how it, that, so I'm happy to see advocacy efforts because that's either lowered the prices of it or, and, or other companies popped up to provide cheaper strips. So thank you for advocacy years ago, because I know that you were probably instrumental in changing that whole situation. Yes. Well, we were, it was, it's hard. It's hard. You know, the thing about. Something to do with it, but whatever. (laughs) The the thing is, you know what I find really difficult and anyone with uh, diabetes or family members with diabetes would, would feel this is that 
There are people that want to test there are people that want to take care of themselves. And the whole idea that people don't take care of themselves is not because they're lazy. They don't want to. It's economics. You know, when you're in some countries, when you're sick, they take care of you. You know, there, there's no question about what your insurance plan is, what your co-payment is. It's, it's a matter of, hey, this is this is what you need to do. And there isn't the financial barrier. And that makes a big difference in self-care, especially during diagnosis. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Nadia, you know, if you had to go back or, you know, kind of, you know, review the, the great career that you've had, is there two or three things that stand out that are like watershed moments for you? Like, this is really good stuff. And the, you know, like, you know, I mean, I always say that CGM to me is the most transformative Hands down. technology ever invented. You're- well, Yes. So I think, well, the insulin pump, when we got started, it wasn't really popular, for example. And there was the only people that had pumps on the market was Medtronic and then Disitronic. And we became the Northern California distributor for the Disitronic insulin pump. So for me, I had an opportunity to meet with healthcare professionals in the Bay Area. And I got the Disitronic insulin pump into Kaiser. I networked all the wow. doctors that didn't know each other. I went and I did in services. I went to UCSF and Stanford and, and helped them. I mean, there, this is one of my funniest stories, I think. I went to Stanford because a patient was put on an insulin pump, a Disitronic insulin pump. And when I got there, the nurses at the station said, oh, thank God you're here. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, I'm just a business major. (laughs) And I have all these Stanford, you know, healthcare professionals that are like, hallelujah. (laughs) So uh, I think um, so in terms of technology, that was amazing. And I went on the insulin pump myself with saline for a week because I really wanted to know what it was like to be on a pump. And I was really sold on the the therapy that it gives you, you know, in terms of minimizing the the fluctuating blood sugars and especially the low blood sugars. So I would say that's that. And of course, the CGM is pretty amazing. I mean, I know type twos now that are on CGMs. And let me just say some are family members that would otherwise probably wouldn't test as frequently, but because Mm -hmm. it's CGM, they test all the time and it's really wonderful to see. And in working with them in terms of having them call me and ask me questions, I've helped them get off their medication by telling them the questions that they need to ask their doctors. You know, they'll say, hey, I'm taking this medication. I'm not feeling well. Or I'm taking this medication. I'm getting low blood sugar. Well, you guys know what that means. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of people don't. They're like, I don't get it. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm having low blood sugar and I'm scared. I'd say, well, you know, show your doctor your numbers and tell them that you think that maybe, you know, the the nighttime, the medication at nighttime is too much because it's giving you low blood sugars. It's things like that that people don't know. So the CGM to me is a wonderful, is another really great technology. And then, of course, now with the the tandem IQ, mm-hmm. that's really, I'm trying to remember, it's the IQ. Tandem IQ, control IQ. Yeah. Tandem control IQ. And that's really, that's amazing technology. I think those are the three things that I think are a really big wow, especially tandem with that, I think will make a huge difference for a lot of people. And especially for parents that have kids with diabetes, you know, and again, when I had my store and parents used to come in, I mean, gosh, you could just feel their pain, their grief and Mm -hmm. pain. And every parent, you know, will tell you, gosh, I wish I had diabetes and not my child. But, and back then I used to network the parents. I'd say, Hey, would you mind if I 
I know one person, I can connect you back when you had to dial people and talk to them <laughs> and, uh, and I connect them. So we've always been really, you know, our, my platform has always been supporting people, being an advocate for them and bringing people together to help each other because we all need that. And gosh, you know, in some ways, I wish we could do it in different aspects of our lives. We, we don't have that. You know, I think to me, I think the diabetes community is a very special community. It's very intimate. It's very personal and it's very real. I think you're the perfect guest for why we started the diabetes way, because it's about it's for people touched by diabetes and for people obviously living with this disease, but like you are the perfect person to you've experienced it. So can you this is a personal question, but okay. 20 years with a life partner living with type one, I've never dated. I can't imagine dating me or being married to yeah. me, you know what that would be like. Dave and I laugh about it. I mean, stuff like that. So when you want to talk to other people touched by diabetes, what are the, some things that you could say of pieces of advice or things that you noticed as the person touched by not living with? I think the first, the most important thing is don't tell people with diabetes what to do. Yeah. First of all, thank you for that. Yeah. Don't police them. They know it's kind of like anything else in our lives. You know, we know better than other people, the areas that we need to pay more attention to or, but diabetes is different. For example, like when my former husband had low blood sugar, I used to say, Hey, you know, from his behavior and he was irritable and argumentative. And I go, look, test your blood sugar. You're getting low. Well, that became like a bigger trigger. (laughs) into an Um, argument, right? (laughs) Don't tell me what to do. (laughs) And then I learned, oh, that's kind of like a dog on a bone. You don't try to get the bone out of the dog when they're going (laughs) for my husband, because we'd argue. So I learned just to kind of just ignore it. And, and I don't know, somehow, I think that was the first thing that I learned being with someone with diabetes is not to tell them what to do. And to learn like what's going on with them biochemically, because mm-hmm. when you're having a low blood sugar, that's not a time to try to like, well, and it depends where you're on the low blood sugar, right? On the spectrum. Yeah. It's not really a time to reason. Not really right? a teaching moment. <laughs> right. So like if you're 30, 40, 50, 60, that's not a conversation to have with anybody. Right. You know, what you might do is like just put some glucotabs on the table and walk away like they just suddenly appeared. <laughs> and a little more, you know, something like that. Um, and then recently I met with Scott, my former husband, who Dave knows, and uh, we were talking and I was talking to him about this diabetes masterclass that I'm putting together. And, and it's covering all these things. It's really kind of pulls from my experience. And, and he said, yeah, he goes, you know, Nadia, one of the greatest things you ever said, it is when I had high blood sugar, you always told me, don't worry, it's going to come down. I said, really? I said that? <laughs> He's like, yeah, <laughs> because when I got high blood sugar, I go, well, it's going to come down. <laughs> yeah. So, so can you explain kind of like, Cause I know you're involved in a, you're involved in a new cooking thing, right? Aren't you doing a cooking thing? Or? I am. Yeah. Tell, tell everybody about that. Well, that's been really fun. It's from the, um, it really started because during COVID I put on a lot of weight, you know, and I was very, before this, I was very, very athletic. And then I just wouldn't go to the gym and, you know, I was just scared like everybody else. So I put on a lot of weight and I'm like, oh my God. And because I come from four generations of type two diabetes, I don't turn the cheek. It's like, well, you, you know where you're going, Nadia, you, you, yeah. you have to be conscious about this. If I choose to ignore the things and that could put me at a greater disposition of a diagnosis, I want it to be conscious, not unconscious. 
So what I did is I started doing keto diet, you know, just really more for blood sugar for me. And what I did is I found that when I started doing that, I wanted to find my favorite high carb foods that I love eating (laughs) and make just delicious substitutes for it. So I've got like chocolate chip cookies, pumpkin pie. During the holidays, I made a, oh, the, uh, like a meat pie. And so I've been experimenting and doing a lot of different things and I really enjoy it. I have like a a Cajun dish, an Asian bowl, a Mexican bowl, all the things that I love eating. And you put these like recipes on your site, correct? Yeah, it's uh, on diabeteshealth.com under the Sugar Happy Kitchen. And then I have all the, I have the recipes. I have all the nutritional values there for you, you know, like the cholesterol, the, the fat, the salt, the carbs, the net carbs. So that way, you know, if you're counting, if all those things are important for you, you're counting them. And my favorite are recently that I just love these are my blueberry lemon muffins. Oh my God. I love those things. What is the carb count for one muffin? Yeah. On that? It's like, it's pretty low. Is it like seven? It's like maybe five or 3.5, okay. 3.4. But the thing what I found is I use a lot of almond flour. And what I have found with that is that almond flour is so filling. So when you look at the muffins, they're really small. And you're like, really? (laughs) I could eat something (laughs) three times that size. But the thing is, because it's almond flour, it's really, really filling. So Hmm. a small one. So at most, you would eat two. You couldn't eat three. And believe me, I'm a healthy farm girl eater. (laughs) 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 I'm like, when I'm done in the fields, I'm ready for a big meal. (laughs) <laughs> so, so when you think, okay, so, you know, again, we've dated ourselves already. We've seen 30 years of this. Yeah. If And and now we're getting into some areas that are kind of weird because, you know, now the, you know, insulin costs, everybody's, you know, all you hear about every day now. Right. Let's cap the cost at $35 a vial, whatever. If you were advising somebody who it was kind of like in your position, but let's say was new to it, you know, they have a, a friend, a family, or a coworker who you know, has diabetes, you know, other than not telling them what to do, what value can they add to somebody like me or somebody like Amber who has diabetes? What would you tell them? Okay, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I understand the question. Well, I, if you, I, okay. You're asking me. Yeah, you're a person who's touched by diabetes. Yes, yes. You have an intimate knowledge of it. Okay? Yes. But there's a lot of people out there who don't mm-hmm. have an intimate knowledge of diabetes. And they have a friend, a family member, a coworker. Yes. Oh, yes. What would you, how would you advise them to deal with that friend, family, or coworker? Well, the first thing I tell them is not to tell people what to do. Right. Yeah. But other I than that, that's... I mean, that's kind of a given. But like, is there Hopefully. other things you think they need to know? Or they, you know, our viewpoint pretty much is pretty simple here mm-hmm. is that a person we touch is either an asset to us or a liability. I don't think there's a middle road there. And I'd prefer they be an asset. And rather than a liability, you know, know, I already had a Jewish mother. I don't need another one. And so, you know, you're dealing with these people every day. What are they? Okay. okay. So I I would have a different paradigm for me. I mean, you're, you're an investment person. So you would look at it more that way. For me, I think of people as family and friends that I love and it's painful for me to lose them. And as a person touched by diabetes, what I would do is I would want to learn how I could be a support person. So I might go and learn about it because my partner or family member, and I'm assuming this is an intimate person. This is not, you know, oh, just someone at work. 
Because when I worked as a stockbroker um, years ago, Dave, there was a guy that had type one diabetes and it wasn't uncommon to have the emergency oh, yeah. come because he had yeah, a blood sure. sugar. So when I said my, my husband had type one diabetes, everybody felt sorry for me because that was their role model. Yeah. They're like, oh my God, you poor thing. How do you deal with that on a daily basis? Well, I don't. This <laughs> guy's <laughs> <laughs> had diabetes for, I don't know, 47 years now. We've never been in ER call because of diabetes ever. Mm-hmm. You know? And knock on wood, he doesn't have any complications. You know, he just hasn't. Yeah. So I, I think that's one thing. The second thing is people are on their own journey. And sometimes when we push a point to people, they're going to resist us. Because our ego will get in the way because our ego wants us to protect ourselves and say, you know, I've got this under control. But if someone goes, no, you don't, no, you don't, no, you don't, you're going to push them away. So you don't want to do that. You don't want to get into an ego battle with whomever you're with that has diabetes. You want to be a support person. You want to say, hey, let's go take this class together. You know, if they're open to it, I'm going to assume that they are open to it. Like, hey, this, you know, and I think the thing is what I always say is that you can have a healthy, happy, long life with diabetes. You can you, you two and yeah. Scott are, and lots of people that I know are great examples of that. So given that parameter, you can have a healthy, happy, long life. Okay. How do we do it? It's just like, well, you could be really fit. Well, how do you do it? There's a formula to it. And so you have to be able as a partner, you have to be supportive of that person and not push the agenda. And also one of the reasons why you might want to go to class together is because you'll pick up different things like anything, you know, yeah. when you hear something or even an audiobook. I don't know about you guys. I listen to audiobooks and sometimes I've listened to it like two and three times and I, I hear completely different things. I'm like, wait, yeah. was I just so spaced out? I didn't hear this last time, but we hear different things. So it's important to have different people there. So I think being a support person and introducing them to things that would be fun to do, you know, if there's a diabetes social or, you know, a diabetes group, those are really fun. I used to go to diabetes groups and speak there and give them magazines. They love copies, free copies of the magazines. I love them. They were so much fun. You know, the, the only thing, of course, is when you have type ones and type twos, there's always that little rub, you know, between. <laughs> for <the> real. <laughs> yes, there is. Yeah. So uh, that was the only tension that sometimes, you know, you could cut with a knife. But uh, outside of that, they, people were really great and gracious. And I think they were just so happy to have other people know and to bring family member that can see other people. I'll also say one more thing. Um, during the Olympics in in Utah, whenever whatever year that was, it was decades ago. Scott and I and the kids, we went to Hawaii. We went to either Maui or Kauai for a vacation. And we sat at this table at a luau and we happened to sit next to a family who the little boy was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And oh my God, you should have seen how the family lit up when they saw that Scott had diabetes, because for their son, for the first time, they can say, see, you can, you'll grow up, get married, you can have kids. I just remember just feeling like, wow, our presence being there was not about the luau. It was really about meeting this little boy and letting him know, Hey, you're fine. You're going to be fine. You got this. I got to say one thing. I went to a beyond type one meetup in Scottsdale, Arizona, a few years ago. Yeah. And it was anybody over the age of 13. And I drove two days to get there because I was like, this is a great opportunity to meet new people. And I cannot tell you how many parents came up to me crying because I was the, there were two of us that had diabetes the longest. And at that point, I think I'd had it for 35 years. Um, and they're like, you give us hope that our, you look, you are healthy. And you know, this other, so it's crazy. And I can't imagine being a parent thinking about, and I was like, listen, 
you're more stressed about it than I ever have been. And I don't know how to word that other than, you know, if I can keep myself alive, I promise your kid's going to be okay, which I know is not a fair thing to say, but that's on my soapbox. But I want to ask you a little bit more about your publication because you were saying you were had given them out. It's still available, correct? Yes. So we send out, so what we do is the publication is a controlled qualified publication. So what it means is we primarily send it. I don't, I don't really do paid subscriptions except for libraries, but typically what we do is we have healthcare professionals that uh, we have a criteria for them. They have to work in a clinical setting, seeing at least 25 patients a month, and they have to request the publication. So we send it to them and they use it as an educational resource guide. And you'll find them in hospitals, clinics, all kinds of places. Um, When they're diabetes fairs, you know, in November, they call us and ask us to send magazines to different events. And we do do that. Print postage has gotten so cost prohibitive. We're promoting more digital magazines. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if people want to want a digital magazine, we do offer that also. So, and what I'm doing that's different now is I'm doing more guides for people. So I have digital guides on shop diabeteshealth.com. And what I'm doing is I'm taking just topics, you know, in terms of like, I have one that's nutritional. Well, the, the one that I recently did that, I mean, I love doing this work because honestly, I learned so much from it and it helps me. The most recent publication we put out is on nutritional protein. And apparently most people that are, I think 50 or over don't get enough protein. And so after, you know, reading and writing articles, I had to like do the math. I was like, oh, I'm in that category. (laughs) So now I'm just like, now I have to look at everything going, okay, am I getting enough protein? And if you work out, you need more protein and things like that. So the guys that we're doing are very targeted for very specific things. You know, we have something. A simple way to, a simple way to get to you would be diabeteshealth.com. Is that correct? I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, yes. That that would be the shortest distance between. Yes. Everything, everything is on there. We do have a lot though. I have to say, I think my website, I think I'm going to design it because I think it's, it it has so much stuff there. I think it could be overwhelming for people, especially if you're new to diabetes. If you're a seasoned person, you might go, oh, great. Click, 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 click. But for a new person, it could be like, oh my God, this is, I just learned to say A and this is Z. (laughs) You know. Okay. So as a wrap up, for you. Okay. Uh-huh. I know, I know you're a publisher. You published from Baghdad to Berkeley. That's your book. Are that's you- a different book. Yes. But my other, that my, this is my, my sugar happy book and I'm doing okay. a series of this. Okay. So, yes. so are all of, okay. So for our listening audience. Yes. Okay. Are all of your books available on the website? Or did no, Amazon or? Yeah, they're available on Amazon. The digital and audiobooks are available on my website, but the print is both prints. From Baghdad to Berkeley is really more of a memoir, just kind of really looking at kind of racial equality and gender equality and things mm-hmm. like that. What, what is the uh, Sugar Happy book about? Uh, Sugar Happy really is, it's really to teach people basics about diabetes. It's like, it, it's it, we start with like, why is diabetes overwhelming? You know, people think, oh, it's so easy. You know, all you do is this, this, and this, right? Well, <laughs> well, you can do this, this, and this, but there are variables in there. You know, there's stress, getting sick, you know, eating, not taking the medication on time, too late. So what we do, the book really is about, teaches you about why it's overwhelming, how to, you know, blood sugars, why they're high, why they're low, what you can do, exercise, the importance of medical devices, why they are important, like testing your blood sugar, CGM, insulin pump, medications, how they work. If you're type two, like most people don't know how they work, you know, it's almost like how to beginner's guide. 
Yeah, it really is. It's a very comprehensive. And then it's really, it's very personal. Everybody in here is family that I write about. Mm. And if they're not family, they're people I've interviewed, they're customers that I had at Sugar Happy. I had a friend of mine who doesn't have diabetes who read it. And I said, he goes, oh, I got your book. And I, I read it. I said, Sugar Happy? <laughs> and I go, do you have diabetes? And he said, no. He goes, but I know all the players. Uh, <laughs> it was like, I go, well, yeah, it's kind of an autobiography. It's more of a medical autobiography. You're right. <laughs> well, well, listen, Nadia, it's been great having you on. We are going to uh, look forward to reading your book because uh, I probably know the players. Yes. Uh, so, but you've been a great guest and really, we truly love having you on. All right. Well, thank you for having me.